Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. This is the podcast to help you think outside the box, live more confidently against the grain and become your more authentic self. Penguins don't traditionally fly, but what's to say they won't one day? Hello, welcome back. It has been a while and as some of you will know, I have been in the UK for about two months now or maybe only six weeks. Anyway, I've come over for the whole summer and I'll explain a little bit actually in this podcast why that's the case. But I have been working, I've been doing summer camps, coaching in their school holidays. I've come over to connect to my family, to connect to the country that I've missed so much and to find myself a little bit. I was in a place where I felt a bit lost, a bit directionless and kind of stressed that I didn't know where I wanted to head next. So this episode is spontaneous because I have a day off. I didn't realise I was having a day off, but fantastic. And it's raining, so I don't want to be at work anyway because it would be in the sports hall only with the kids. So it would be very loud and a very busy day. So I'd like to talk about why hurt people hurt people and how we can get to a point where we deal with our own trauma and we deal with our own pain so that we don't have to pass that on. And as always, every single topic really boils down to awareness, having self-awareness. And I'm very conscious that most people don't realise that they're even hurt. So they don't realise their behaviour or their habits or their mindset or the way that they treat other people is partly informed by unresolved pain. Now, what do I mean by pain? Obviously, I'm not just talking physical, although that could be it. So potentially someone might have chronic back pain that they've had for years. That's going to have a knock-on effect and affect the way that they treat others, behave, go through life. Psychological pain. So maybe someone was bullied as a kid at school or they had workplace bullying or they weren't treated very well by an ex-partner or they weren't given the love that they needed as a child. Now, these that would be something quite deep, that if you didn't have the awareness that you were in that sort of psychological pain because it has been unresolved or not even noticed um, and you've carried that for years and you're now an adult, you can just imagine the effects that that will have had on your behaviour and those people around you. There's emotional pain, so um, could be unresolved grief, could be loneliness, could be uh, self-hatred, anxiety. Obviously, emotions are super complex, and I don't think you are a human being if you don't have emotion. You're certainly psychopathic if you don't experience empathy, sadness, grief, um, emotional pain, but... I'm talking to the majority of the people and probably there are no uh, genuine psychopaths listening to this episode. So we all experience emotional pain. But the beautiful thing is we do have with awareness and with some of the skills I'm going to share with you, the ability to lessen the effects of that emotional pain or even work through the pain. And so you don't actually feel it at all and you can resolve it. There's other forms of hurt that people experience. I mean, there's loads, but stress, loneliness, I've already mentioned. I think that's huge. I think loneliness is one of the biggest killers in our Western society, Eastern cultures, tribes, um, other nationalities don't tend to be lonely because 
Um, for instance, in the Asian culture, it's really common to live with your whole family and for the elders to be looked after by the next generation or the generation down. Um, we live very isolated lives in the Western society. I have been staying with my sister here up in Leeds and I don't think that she knows who lives three doors down and that's quite common. We we kind of live in our separate homes, separate lives, very private, everything's locked away, locked in. Um, if you don't play sport, if you're not in a community, if you don't have a choir or if you don't go out and meet your social networks, loneliness can be absolutely crippling um, and cause immense amount of all sorts of pain, psychological, physical and emotional. Um, intimidation, which when I wrote Intimidation, I actually thought about people's ego being rocked or people feeling like they're inferior. So often a bully is a bully because they feel intimidated. They know or they believe that they don't have certain attributes or they don't match up or a very masculine, hyper-masculine man um, who wouldn't want to be beaten in a physical contest by a woman or a boss who knows that they're working in a position, maybe they're the CEO and they know they're out of their depth, um, would actually hold a lot of intimidation. They wouldn't admit to it and that's why they act in a way to try and be the opposite. So we all know that bullies are usually people who are hurting themselves and that's why they pass on um, pain to others. Um, so hurt and um, whether we are hurt or not this is going to be extremely controversial but I believe and I will always say somewhere in the podcast I've only just remembered now five minutes in I am not a qualified psychologist I'm a psychotherapist I'm an art therapist um, these are my opinions so everything I share is just sort of my thoughts on these worldly matters so um, yes of course don't take it as absolute fact and, and, and truth. This is just my thoughts on a topic that I think is relevant to today and that I wanted to talk about, but I'm not a clinical psychologist, so these are just my opinions. But I do believe one of my opinions is we have a choice whether to be hurt or not. And what I mean by that, and all the victims out there won't agree with this statement, but we have a choice whether to have a victim mentality or a survivor warrior mentality. And we can all think of someone who the world is against them, like everything goes wrong, like the bus is late, why me? Or they've forgotten to bring cash and they're going to the cinema and they only take cash, they can't watch the film, why me? Or they've got a cold again, why me? Or they've lost something, oh, it always happens. Like the victim mentality is a choice, in my opinion. And first of all, to not have the victim mentality, you have to have awareness that you are being a victim. And why do people do this? Because it's easy. It's easier. Of course, if you are in pain, let's take a physical, actual physical accident or pain. So say you've had a knee replacement. One of the things you have to do almost instantly is move the joint. And that is to stop it from seizing up. That's to make sure the ligaments and tendons have the full range. That's to make sure that the knee eventually will function like a healthy, proper knee again. 
The last thing you want to do when you've had your knee cut open and a metal plate put in instead of your patella is to move it. So of course, this is relevant to all types of pain. The last thing you want to do when you're in pain is to lean into it, is to experience more of it, is to work through it. But with every type of pain, you have to lean in and experience it and face it, else it will remain with you. And then it will become part of your psyche, part of your behaviour, part of your mentality. And whether you want to or not, and whether you are aware of it or not, you will pass that pain on to others um, on an everyday basis. So the first thing that most victims will do is say that the world is against them. They, they truly categorically believe that the world is against them, that for some reason they are not deserving of all of these inconveniences, all of the trauma, the drama that the world is placing on them and that it's unfair and unjust. The irony is because of the lens that they are looking at the world through, they are creating all of these so-called pain points or, or the hurt that they're experiencing. Majority of your experience of the world is not because the world is acting on you, it is the way you view the world. So I'll rephrase that. Imagine that I put on my victim mindset glasses and I go out, um, let's take today actually, so I'm supposed to be working at a sports camp and um, I signed a contract two weeks ago to say yes, I can be available and I assumed I made the assumption, which is something I need to not do. That's a whole other podcast. But I assumed that I was then working all five days. So last week, Monday to Friday, this week, Monday to Friday. I got told last uh, night that I'm actually not needed until Wednesday. If I had my victim glasses on, which was how I was going to see the world and this experience, why me? I need the money. That's really unsettling. That's really unfair. I haven't been given enough warning. That's that's not okay, I wanted to do this, I had that in mind. Maybe, I mean, I've just thought of this, this has absolutely not come into my mindset because I'm not this way um, in my thinking. I might think, what's wrong with me? What have I done to deserve to be not needed? Am I a worse coach? Have I done something that makes them head office unhappy? Um, is this personal? Like, Honestly, I wouldn't think like that, but I know that that's the mindset some people would have if they had their victim glasses on. If I had my survivor warrior mindset, put those glasses on, looked at the experience um, through that lens, it would be how blooming fantastic. I could sleep in till as long as I want, which was 8.30 today. Brilliant. Yes, it's raining, but how good is that? Because if it's raining, that means all the kids would be in the sports hall all day. I don't like noise. I don't like being trapped inside all day. So that would actually be awful. So wicked that I don't now have to be at work. I've also got opportunity and time to do this podcast. I'm going to go meet someone later. I've got time to just catch my breath. It's been really busy. I can hang out with my family. Exactly the same situation seen and viewed completely differently purely by changing my mindset. So yes, you could say that not doing work is hurt is isn't really a source of hurt, but you can amplify that and imagine that I don't have work for the next two months or there's some change work with 
going away or wanting to see someone or a holiday cancelled. Nothing is good or bad. It just is. And I was told that years ago by a very wise man who's a very good friend of mine. He's actually my deputy headmaster when I was at school. But because I've always been a little bit older soul than my age, I've always uh, had friends that are adults. And he's still a fantastic, one of my best friends to this day. And he always used to say, nothing is good or bad. It is simply is. And it took me many years to get my head around that. But it is, that's so true. The label we put on something, and I've mentioned this in a previous podcast about the story of the farmer with the horse. You'll have to look it up because it's too long to repeat now. But anything can be viewed as positive or negative. So really, let's just do away with the labels. It just is. But if you have a victim mentality, then the world is going to be a scary place. The world is going to be hard for you to live in and you will feel like the world is against you. If you have a warrior survivor mentality, the world is one massive opportunity, one massive exciting chance to experience, to grow, to explore, to develop, to meet people, to just get the most out of it. Every single day, I believe, is an absolute blessing. Now, I haven't always believed that. And this is why I feel qualified to talk on this topic, because certainly when I was unwell in hospital, I did not have a survivor warrior mentality, maybe a teeny weeny little bit back in the background that was kind of suppressed, but I certainly had a victim mentality. Why have I been locked up? Why can't I see my family? Why am I an eight hour round trip away from everything and everyone I know? Why am I not allowed to exercise? Why do I have to eat this? Why da 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 da? You can see it's so toxic. But I was hurting. I was so hurt because there was lots of changes that happened at about the age of 12, 13 um, that made me feel completely out of control. And I didn't know at the time. Obviously, I was too young and immature. And only now have the understanding that all of that pain all of that confusion, that fear, that anxiety, the uncertainty, the lack of control, that massive change that happened to me when my parents separated, when I was dealing with my sexuality, when everything felt a little bit too big and a bit scary, all of that was pain. And all of that pain led me to have an eating disorder and try and take my life. And all of that pain caused immense suffering to those around me. One of my biggest guilts I have two in my life one is the fact that I caused my pain uh, my pain caused my family so much suffering um, pain the other one is a relationship breakdown that I was also in absolute agony I was heartbroken and because I was heartbroken I was a complete bitch and I treated my ex in an atrocious way which I regret and I will always feel immensely shameful and guilty about obviously I've learned from that and I can somewhat forgive myself because I recognize I was in pain but the first thing I had to do was have the awareness your behavior is because you are in pain now this can work in both ways I struggle to hold a grudge against people because I have a deep understanding of why people do what they do and that's partly what I wanted to talk about here I know that 
at everybody's core, the majority of people are genuinely nice people. Except if you are an absolute psychopath, which is probably 1% of the population, if that. Most people, deep, deep, deep down, are genuinely good people. I don't think I will ever be able to believe anything different. Some people will have the opposite. They will think, no, most people at their core are evil, are out to get people, are bullies, are greedy, are egotistical. I don't believe that. I genuinely believe that every single person means well. It's just that they are carrying a lot of trauma, a lot of unresolved pain, emotion um, and issues. And that is why I do what I do. My, my motto in life, my, my mission statement, if you like, is to educate, inspire and empower others to be the best version of themselves. Because I know that if people are the best version of themselves, most resolved, least emotionally um, triggered or um, emotionally hurt, then they will be a better influence for those people around them and close to them. So rather than me working on myself, which is a constant, that will always happen. Like I will continue to do the things I'm about to share with you that I believe help me to be the least in pain I can be, the least hurt I can be, the most resolved that I can be. There's no point me just focusing on me. Why don't I empower and share those things and those tools and those ways with as many people as possible? And that's pretty much, I think, what most people in the wellness, health, um, self-development, motivational speaker kind of space really deep down want to do. They recognise on a subconscious or conscious level that if we can help everybody be the best version of themselves, then that's just going to help the world over. So um, that's my that's my kind of mission. So how did I get from hating myself, wanting to end my life, being in the most agony I've ever experienced, loathing the person that I was. Like, I couldn't even look at myself without being disgusted. I was repulsed at who I was. Um, and that actually was more the anorexic voice in my head telling me that I was disgusting because I'd eaten or I'd given in and, you know, sat down for a bit or whatever. Um, obviously, some of those thoughts weren't truly my my sole core thoughts, because I believe every person deep down at their core is kind, is nice, is is a good person. All of those negative self-loathing thoughts I had was an illness. It was almost like a sort of cancerous um, element to my mindset. So I had to combat those with my inner child, with my, my deepest core authentic self, which was love. So I had to learn to love myself again. And almost I've got this vision of like a blackness in my brain because all of all of the, the ways that we can combat our mindset and, and get the most out of life is our mind, is our brain. I didn't articulate that very well, but we can't change our world to experience a better world. We have to change our mind to experience a better world. That is essentially what I'm doing with all of my work. And so I'm when I'm unwell, or when I was unwell, I think of my mind as just this black kind of fog. The whole of the brain and the whole of the mind was just black, dark, void, like scary, deep, like just this 
absolute pit of misery. And then over time, the tools that I'm about to share with you now, the kindness, the compassion, the understanding, the love, the community, all of the, the, the happy thoughts, the positive mindset, the warrior looking through the lens of a survivor, that was light. And over time, it's obviously not a quick fix, but over time, the light um, takes over the dark. And then the mindset becomes this brighter, happier, calmer, more light space. So it's not obviously not your brain, but I'm, I'm just envisaging that now. I hope I'm sort of articulating what I'm seeing. It's a black brain slowly over time becoming more white and light and, and, and um, brighter. So how did I go from wanting to take my life, hating myself, every cell in my body I absolutely despised, to now? Because I don't hate myself, I love myself, um, I love my life because I have a positive mindset and I, um, I think the world's amazing. I, I wake up every day happy and even though it's absolutely bucketing down, you might be able to hear it's raining in the background, I have a spring in my step, I've got a smile on my face and I'm really positive. So first of all, awareness. Awareness that I was ill, awareness that I was hurting, awareness that my pain was causing pain and suffering to everyone else. And actually, when I first started to get better, I couldn't do it for myself because I hated myself so much that I couldn't give myself the love I needed because I didn't feel like I deserved it. And that can often be quite a positive reframing when you know someone is deeply hurt. Maybe they're an, an addict. Maybe they have severe crippling anxiety. Maybe they have a disorder. Maybe they um, have been in so much chronic pain for so many years that they just can't bear it anymore. Can they do it for someone else? I got started to get better for my family because I could not face how much suffering my poor mother didn't know whether she would wake up and find me dead in, in my bedroom every morning for about a year. My poor mother didn't know whether I would pass out and die in the streets when I'm running outside in the snow in underwear to try and lose weight. My sisters didn't know whether they'd come home to, to hear that I'd, I'd passed away. So the absolute agonising suffering, the embarrassment I put on my sisters because I would just make a scene at school... The worry, it was just unbearable. I wanted to eradicate that from my parents' life. And this is also a little side note why often people who are in immense pain will isolate. They are trying to protect you. And again, it might be on a subconscious level. Often addicts, people that are hurting themselves, people that are really deeply um, troubled will um, will isolate themselves as a way to protect those that they once loved from feeling and experiencing the pain. So I knew that I was toxic. I knew that I was not positive to be around, which is why I isolated myself more. And the irony is I went more into the pain of the anorexia and the eating disorder. So yes, very tricky. And, and, and I've sort of brushed over this like it's not a big deal. It's, it's so much more complicated. But trying to get yourself better for someone else, because you might think you're not hurting someone else. But believe me, if you are in pain, 
if you are an addict, if you are um, just lower mood, to be honest, it doesn't even have to be that massive. If you're in a shitty mood and you walk into a room, you know you're going to affect everyone else in the room. Why would you want to do that? Surely you want to be in a happy place. If you're in a victim mentality and the world is against you and everything's Debbie Downer and you think that, you know, you're so hard done by, that's not fun to be around. Surely you'd want to snap out of that and try and be in a more positive mindset so then you can be a positive influence. I don't believe, and maybe I'm wrong in this, but I don't believe that people genuinely want to be a negative influence on those people around them. So how do we work towards, and I keep, I will keep saying it takes time. It is not a quick fix. You cannot snap out of depression, chronic pain, years of hurt, and just be like, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm happy because it's fake. People can read through that as well. And all that's doing is masking. So those comedians out there or people that are really bright and you can see it in someone's eyes. You can feel it. You can sense it. It's those people that you think, geez, I didn't see that coming when they take their life. It's like, really? You can tell. You can totally, if you're an empath, em, em, empath or if you're truly in tune with other people's emotions um, and hurt, usually you can tell. So please don't, if you're one of these people who is in pain or you've got something unresolved, don't ignore it. There is a time and a place to lean in and experience it, but have honesty and and respect for yourself that you can't just pretend and, and get over it overnight. So first of all, I know I've rambled and I keep bouncing all over the shop, but first of all is awareness. Ask yourself, are there any areas in your life where you are unresolved, where you think, maybe I watch TV four hours a night because I'm worried to be alone. Maybe I eat crap because I don't really have the self-love and self-respect to not put better food into my body. Maybe I am a bit snappy and a bit short-tempered and angry towards my family or a loved one. And that might be because I feel I have to defend myself because I've been bullied in the past. Maybe I don't go, it could be tiny. Maybe I just don't like to look in the mirror in the gym because I know I'll say horrible things to myself if I do. Um, We all have them, guys. We all have unresolved emotional pain, um, physical pain. We are all hurting some way, I believe. The world can be quite a painful place. And unless we've gone every time we've been hurt, unless we've really resolved it with hours of meditation, self-reflection, unless we've been a monk and we can strip away all the attachment to any hurt we've ever felt, we all still have unresolved pain. So choose one. Don't try and do everything all at once. It's a bit like a New Year's resolution when someone's like, right, I'm going to drop 10 kg, I'm going to stop drinking, I'm not going to watch any TV, I'm not going to have any phone time, I'm not going to Blah, blah, blah. You can't. It's absolutely ridiculous. So awareness. What is there in your life that you think you can work through? Then towards yourself, be kind, compassionate and understanding. If you have done this behavior or had this thought or felt this feeling for years, if you have carried hurt and pain for years, be kind to yourself. It's not going to go away instantly. You didn't choose to hold this pain. I didn't choose to be anorexic. 
I didn't know any other way. I didn't have the tools, the maturity, the wisdom to know that it would all be all right. I didn't have the the ability to not be hurt. So just be kind to yourself. It's not your fault that you have carried this hurt with you. But now you have the awareness. Now you can start to um, work through it. That's fantastic. So congratulate yourself. Say, yes, now I'm I'm in a place where I can do something about it. So there's no point beating yourself up about the fact you've carried that pain or hurt for years. So be kind to yourself, be compassionate and be understanding. Most people, and this is something I'm trying to change, do not have the exposure to emotional education, psychological education, um, how to deal with life stresses and traumas. We just don't. Like we go to school and we learn maths and English and whatever and how to be controlled in an office. That's what I'm trying to change. I think that every school needs to have a wellness person or a, a psychologist We need to be better equipped in our lives to deal with emotions, to deal with grief, to deal with death, to deal with trauma, drama. Um, We're just not. So just have understanding that you don't have the understanding. It's okay that you don't know. And I'm, I'm speaking from over 20 years of constant um, self-discovery, interest, reading, um, passion, finding out about the brain, the mind, why people do what they do, psychology. Like, I've been at this for 20 years, so it's okay. Um, understand that you don't necessarily understand. So we've got the awareness that we're hurting. We know that if we're hurting, we will then do things to others, subconsciously or consciously, that cause pain to people around us. And we know that we would rather be a positive influence of people around us than a negative. Let's bring it right back. Let's not get too deep and heavy. What are some certain little things that we can do incrementally throughout our life that will definitely help with this hurt? Yoga. Yoga is breath and movement connected. So you don't have to go to a hardcore Bikram sweating out yoga. Just move in your body. It doesn't have to be yoga. It could be Tai Chi, Qigong. It could be just stretching. Just having some conscious connection with your body. Just move. Feel your body. Appreciate your body. Be grateful that you can move without pain or that you can release pain through movement. Um, it doesn't have to be like vigorous, intense exercise at the gym, but some sort of connected movement where you're consciously aware of your move, your body in space and its movements and the, the range and things is transformative. When I first moved to Perth, I did 30 days of Bikram yoga. It was a 30 day for $39 package. And me being me, I did it religiously. I was like, right, I'm going to do it every day for 30 days. It was so transformative. I learned about my body. I learned about areas of pain. I had no idea I had a split kneecap on my right side. Um, and pain in my right knee. I didn't know that I had a spondylolisthesis in my spine. I learned so much about my body and I was so grateful for it that it worked the way it did and that I could feel supple and I felt, I just felt so connected to my body. Um, So that was fantastic. Meditation, obviously we all know the benefits of meditation. There are so many different types. Transcendental meditation is my preference. But sitting 
with your thoughts and observing your thoughts. If you're observing your pain, if you're observing your hurt and not being in the scene, just simply observing it, then you can work through it. A bit like if you see a car crash. If you're a witness, you're not in it. You're not You're not affected by it, but you're in a position to then help. I've done that before. I've been at a T-junction. There was a big crash. I witnessed it. I was the first person to jump out of the car. I could then help. I could go around. A bit like your thoughts. If you see this pain, this turmoil in your brain, in your mindset, and you can detach yourself and observe it over time, you will, on a subconscious level, be able to sort through them, resolve them. Be that person in the in the car accident, jump out, be the witness, go around, check everyone's okay, call the ambulance. That's essentially meditation, observing the thoughts, not being the thoughts, letting them pass through and working through them. Silence. Most people hate silence because it creates room and space for that hurt to be experienced, thought about and felt. I love silence. Honestly, if the world could be quiet forever, I think I'd be happier. I love silence because it creates the very thing that I want, which is space to work through things. Now that I've been doing this for 20 years, what comes up doesn't feel overwhelming, doesn't scare me, doesn't intimidate. It just creates more understanding of myself, more opportunity to grow and learn and to empower my mindset. Obviously, if the thought of silence scares the bejeebas out of you, just do little increments. You're not gonna, if you're not an ultra marathon runner, you're not gonna do 50 mile run tomorrow, you'll go for maybe a 2K run. So choose a little moment of five minutes and just sit and it will feel super uncomfortable. Like I said about your knee replacement, hip replacement, you have to move it it will feel more painful before it gets uh, better. But we are doing this so that we don't pass on that pain. Because unresolved pain as well doesn't just sit in your generation, your lifetime. We all know about intergenerational pain, intergenerational trauma. It's a responsibility we have as a functioning adult to deal with our shit so that we don't pass it on to not only the people in our lifetime, but the next generation. How many kids copy the way that they were brought up when they become parents themselves? If you were bullied, if you were smacked, if you were um, neglected, if you were traumatised as a child, you are more likely to parent in the same way. So we have got to. It's also, I'm so passionate about this. And there's, there's a lot of people out there that will think, oh, no, it's too hard basket. I'd rather be comfortable being the victim. But if you want to genuinely make a difference and and not pass on your pain, because you know what your pain feels like and it's not nice. So basically by not dealing with that, you're going, oh, it's all good, it's fine. I'll just pass it on anyway. So you're, you're knowingly passing on your pain and your hurt to people around you if you don't do something about it. So let's get back to more lighter. <laughs> I got a bit passionate then, but let's get back to, so we've done yoga, meditation, silence, sports. It doesn't have to be sports. It can be music. It can be um, computer games. It can be a community. Essentially, I put sports because community, we have to connect. Being a human is a human being, being around people, belonging. So if you don't have that, if you're lonely, 
find a group, find your tribe. It can be anything, a book group, whatever. Just connect. Do something with a group of others with the awareness, little uh, hyphen, asterisk, whatever the symbol you use. A little um, pointer side note, make sure that the people you're hanging around with are positive people. Don't If you're already hurt and then you choose hurt people to hang around with, which you will, because on a subconscious level, we connect on the exact same way that we are feeling. If we are happy, we will connect with happy people. If you are deeply depressed and sad, you will feel most at home and connect on the same energetic level. So be very, very careful. People who are victims and people who are struggling usually connect with people who are victims who are struggling. If you are a drug user and um, you are trying to get clean, do not hang out with other drug users. Obvious. But without being that extreme, it's the same on all levels, which is why I really struggle when there's certain people in my life who they're naturally negative mindset or they're naturally victim mindset. I, I can't connect. I just, I cannot see the world the way they see it. So please make sure you choose your crew and your, your tribe um, carefully. We are the product of the five people we spend most time with. Nature, very obvious. Um, some people, again, don't like nature. They don't, they kind of feel drawn to it because it's too quiet. But oh, I couldn't be more content sat in a field doing nothing. Maybe watching a bit of cricket, but otherwise just watching and being in nature in silence. Um, it's fascinating. It teaches so much. We can just, the way that nature plays out and animals grow and things, ecology are intertwined and the way it just works. There's no friction. It just is what it is. It's just the beauty on a superficial level, just it looks pretty, but the flow of it, the cycle of it, the life cycle, it's just so healing and so powerful. So nature. Art, obviously, I'm an art therapist, but just getting creative. So you have your left side of the brain, which is very analytical, logical, or lots of your thoughts. Your right side of the brain, imagination, um, subconscious, creativity, problem solving. When you are doing art of any description, you might just be whacking a bit of paint on your thumb and doing some little splodges on a page. You might be smashing up a bit of clay. You might be just doing some scribbles with a biro, you are switching on your right side of the brain, your problem-solving, healing, creative side of the brain. So you don't have to be good at art. And we've already said you're not good or bad. Nothing is good or bad. It just is. Just be doing art. Just do your thing. It's not a judgment. It's not about what it looks like at the end. The process is so healing. And if you want to talk more about art therapy, if this conversation has made you think, actually... There is some pain I've been holding and there is, I do want to work through it. Um, I'm more than happy to talk to you about how I can offer some art therapy in your life um, because guaranteed it will help. I've already mentioned community. Um, just soak up as well information. Obviously, you've got this far in the pod, fantastic. But reading, um, watching things on YouTube, podcasts, there's so many people out there sharing their knowledge and wisdom around how to create a positive mindset, how to deal with pain, how to just pop things in your day that that add some brightness. Um, going back to the brain analogy, 
just little specks of light until it becomes a bigger blob of light, until it takes over half the brain, until it takes over, just, these aren't, they shouldn't be chores. None of these should be chores. They shouldn't feel like a tedious task. These should be little gifts to yourself. Even if, and I do this every day, it's as simple as the first thing I do when I wake up is go and stand outside. Quite unusual, but when I spent two years, almost two years living in a hospital where it was caved in, like a prison, locked in, and I didn't have the freedom to pop my feet on the grass or to take a deep, fresh breath in, a fresh air, that killed my soul. It, it ruined me. And so now I do it as a, almost a fuck you to the life I used to have. And it's a gift. It's so simple, but it's a, it's, it's a gift. And it, it sets my day off and I think, yay, I've taken my fresh breath of fresh air. So um, do, do something. It can be tiny. It can just be giving yourself a beautiful coffee. I've got an aunt who does that. She only has one coffee a day, but she buys it from a coffee shop and it is her gift. That's a beautiful coffee and it's an act of self-love. So to fundamentally, all of the things I've just mentioned are little acts of self-love. They're acts of investment into the self. And when we are hurting, we stop investing. When we're hurting, we give out energy. We use up energy. We are absorbed by the pain sort of, it's like an energy tap. So it drains us of energy, whatever pain you're, or hurt you're experiencing. You need to fill up your cup, fill up um, or block the drain by gifting yourself all these little things that in turn will become habitual and then in turn will just become your lifestyle. And and then you'll realise that all that hurt and that pain, there's no, there's no space for it anymore. There's no time for it actually even because you're doing all these other things. So every day I will sit in silence. Every day I will be active and I will move and I will experience my body and be grateful for my body. Every day I will have some deep contemplation or meditation. I will do some creativity. I will probably listen to a podcast if I'm driving somewhere or some music. I might read, definitely try and surround myself um, in my community or connect with my community. And 100% every day I will find myself in nature. Within all of that, there isn't much time for sitting around in my own self-pity and hurt. Now, I've, I've been quite... Uh, maybe blasé, a bit like, oh yeah, I've just gone from suicidal to happy. Like I said, 20 years. Also, what I haven't mentioned, and if you can be um, fortunate enough to be able to afford it, therapy, counselling. I have been to counsellors for 20-something years, 25 years. What I still do is go to a counsellor do I feel like I'm in pain and that I'm messed up and that I need help and that I'm really troubled? Absolutely not. But do I think I'm going to get the most out of a counselling session when I'm in a good place mentally with all the tools and the capacity to deal with the stuff I'm learning or when I'm in the depths of my own despair and, and misery and pain? Obviously, you're going to get the most out of going to see a counsellor when you're in a positive mindset. So there is no right or wrong time to go, but I would recommend going. A little bit like going to the gym. It's so, it's so ironic. People say this all the time when I suggest you yoga. Oh, I'm not, I'm not um, flexible enough. What? 
that's the exact time you need to go when you're least flexible. However, in their sort of, I know it's just a throwaway comment, but in their defense, people that aren't flexible enough probably aren't going to also get the poses, get the depth, get the extreme kind of advancement out of the session because they're not yet there yet. But it doesn't mean once you get super flexy, you should stop going to yoga. Be like it to the gym. The more fit you are, the heavier you can lift, the more complex lifts you can do, the more um, exercises you can do. So it just means that you get more out of it or a difference out of the experience. But just because you're not fit certainly does not mean you should not go to the gym. Just because you have um, reached a point where you feel resolved in your hurt does not mean you need to stop working on yourself. It is a constant if you choose. And that brings us right back round to the start. Hurt people hurt people, and it is a choice whether you deal with your pain or not. And I hope that by the end of this episode, I have inspired even just one person to be aware of their pain, think about how it showed up in your life, and then want to do something about it and find ways, some of them I've just listed, to deal with that hurt with the overriding knowledge that if you heal your pain, you will inadvertently heal potential future pain from someone else. If you heal your pain, you will potentially stop someone else in your life, current, time, present or future, from feeling that pain. So you're gifting not only yourself a release from that pain and a healing from that pain, you're also preventing future hurt on those people you love around you because guaranteed I will end on this hurt and pain affects those closest to you and the chances are the people you're spending most time with and that you're closest to are your loved ones your family your best friends your partner your children so I mean I've said the point enough but if you do not deal with your pain you are hurting those people around you full stop so that's a choice I will leave it there. (laughs) I feel like I've bullied you all into going into therapy, but I'm very passionate about this because I see it play out every single day with every, all the time. And I think, God, if that mother had just dealt with her shit, her her children wouldn't be the way that they are. If that husband or wife had just dealt with their emotional pain, then they wouldn't be treating their other half in the way that they are. If this bossy, intimidated CEO had just dealt with their bullying from when they were at school they wouldn't be a jerk to their colleagues and so on and so on deal with our pain guys and make sure we don't pass it on okay hopefully next one will be less dictatory and less angry and passionate from me but thank you for listening as always if you've got any questions please get in touch if you'd like to look into some art therapy you know where to find me and I hope you enjoyed the episode take care bye